Welcome to this PLUS podcast in the boardroom with Resnick and Fuller. Before we get started, we would like to remind everyone that the information and opinions expressed by our speakers today are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of their employers or of PLUS. The contents of these materials may not be relied upon as legal advice. Today, in episode one, we focus on two shareholder lawsuits that illustrate the impact of COVID on the responsibilities of board members and how the unprecedented disruptions brought on by the pandemic can be used against directors and officers by investors who claim they were misled about what to expect. Before we get started, I'd like to introduce both of our speakers. Stephanie Resnick is a partner at Fox Rothschild, a national law firm, and is co-chair of the firm's Directors and Officers Liability and Corporate Governance Practice Group. For 14 years, Stephanie has been ranked by Chambers USA as a leading litigator in Pennsylvania. She is known for taking the lead in high-stakes bet-the-company litigation and defending corporate boards and officers in complex and protracted litigation. Stephanie is a former managing partner of Fox's Philadelphia office and a past chair of its nationwide litigation department. John Fuller is also a partner at Fox Rothschild and is the other co-chair of the firm's directors and officers liability and corporate governance practice group. John has extensive experience defending directors and officers of public and private corporations in claims stemming from the discharge of their duties and management decisions. Since 2015, Stephanie and John have been co-authoring articles on topics of interest to corporate boards and directors for a variety of publications, including Corporate Compliance Insights, The Legal Intelligencer, and the Wiley Board of Leadership Journal. Hello, uh, thank you all for, for joining us today. We're going to be talking about a couple cases, and, and we're not what we're seeing right now is sort of a move into a, a new phase of, of COVID related cases. Early on, now a little over two years ago, uh, when the pandemic first came, uh, and in the aftermath, we saw cases that, that dealt with companies that were not prepared for the pandemic or, or did not adapt well to the pandemic and saw significant financial losses, uh, and, and shareholders and other interest holders quickly pointed the finger at. at board. We're now in a new phase, a little over two years later, <clears throat> where we're seeing companies that actually succeeded during the pandemic uh, and, and had tremendous growth and, and very positive earnings, uh, but who are struggling with what we're calling the, the return to normal and, and the new market in, in well, not quite post-pandemic, but, but in this new phase of the pandemic. The first case we want to talk about is one involving The Honest Company, which is a a brand that focuses on natural and sustainable products. Its board includes the actress Jessica Alba, which has given it some additional notoriety. And it has so three principal product categories. The first, diapers and wipes, which was 63% of its annual revenue in 2020. Uh, skin and personal care, 26% of revenue. And household and wellness products, including things like disinfectants, which were 11% of its annual revenue in 2020. Now, honest is a company, as you said, that, that saw great growth during the pandemic, comparing second quarter performance in 2019 with the second quarter of 2020, the early days of the pandemic, on a solid 19% growth in its diapers and wipes category. Sort of importantly for this, this litigation, which has just been filed uh, in the Central District of California, there, there was some acknowledgement at that point of the pandemic and of, of what they called stockpiling practices around the pandemic. People likely remember the early days when, when consumers were concerned about their access to, to goods and were buying more than they might normally. And, and it was 
recognized and understood that that, that was happening and maybe inflating uh, sales to some degree. However, so this is 2020, the company decides in going into 2021 to, to look at an, inter, uh, an IPO. And in connection with the IPO, which ended up occurring in, in May 2021, at least a number of different documents and, and registration statements in which the board of Honest made statements regarding not only its growth and its projections for growth, but about affirmative steps that it was taking to secure secondary suppliers uh, and ensure that it had inventory and support for its continued growth in the view of the supply chains and, and other things that we were starting to hear in this sort of second wave of COVID were, were serious challenges. Another thing that happened leading up to the, to the May 2021 IPO was a $35 million cash dividend in April of 2021 that went out to, to, direct, to many of the directors and, and initial uh, interest holders. And then come forward a few months to August 2021, and Honest issued a press release in which it showed a net loss of $20 million during its second quarter of 2021. Board identified an estimated $3.7 million in losses attributable to a decrease in the stockpiling practices uh, in 2021 compared with 2020, but, but largely was without explanation for the remaining drop in Q2 2021. Now, the action, as I said, has been brought in, in Central District of California. And, and uh, in, the, in this action, the shareholders are asserting claims for breach of fiduciary duty, unjust enrichment, and securities violations. Honest has filed a motion to dismiss, which is currently pending, which it argues that the statements are not misleading or otherwise actionable uh, as insufficient securities disclosures. They raise the point that companies are not required to predict the future. And, and particularly in this context of an unprecedented global pandemic uh, that they could not possibly have predicted exactly how the market would respond and change during these, these several years. Um, so with that, you know, I sort of <laughs> read to just uh, uh, Stephanie Resnick and, and, and frankly ask you, Stephanie, do you think this case is going to succeed? Well, you know, I look at this uh, in two parts, John. The first part is um, the issue as to whether uh, the board can uh, face actionable litigation because they failed to accurately set forth the economic forecast and based it on the prior year uh, where we were experiencing COVID. Um, and I think that uh, what is really important to note is that um, the directors and officers do not have to, in my view, predict the future. 60, over 60% 60 of honest revenue is derived from uh, sustainable, environmentally sustainable diapers. And there was no reason to think that the sales would be off simply because COVID had subsided uh, because um, honest is competitive competitive with brand names and other brands that are in local drugstores and the like. And there would be no reason to think that people would stop buying that product. With regard to the sanitizers and the disinfectants, I suppose um, the board could have known that uh, as COVID subsided, individuals would be purchasing less uh, of that product. However, there's there was no way of the board to know about 
whether COVID would subside, when it would subside, the degree to which it would subside, and those sorts of things. So I'm a believer that, you know, this particular board of directors, it would be very, very hard pressed to find, find against uh, the board uh, based on their failure to accurately forecast the economic conditions of the company. Now, there's a second issue here, and the second issue is authorizing a $35 million dividend when the directors and officers knew that at least with respect to COVID, we were in flux and there was a difference. And that, I think, um, is an issue that is less clear in my mind in terms of whether uh, shareholders would be able to be successful on in a lawsuit with regard to that issue but but literally with respect to predicting sales future sales and basing it on the prior covid year i don't believe that there's any breach of fiduciary duty do you agree with me well you know i think well on the on the dividend i, I think i do uh you know, i think given that you know the, the uncertainty and, and flux to take that amount of money uh, out of the company you know not even using hindsight seems like a there could be potential liability, but, you know, I think I do do see it a little bit differently. You know, as mentioned, it was one thing when you had the pandemic ascend on, on the globe and no one had seen it, but now I do think it's a little bit different that we are looking at the market and the market's changed to your point. It wasn't necessarily a reason to think consumers would stop buying sustainable diapers and that it was purely a COVID related, uh, decision for consumers to pivot to, to honest products. But I think there is a, it is incumbent on the board to, to look at the market, see how the market's changed, to understand and have its projections be based on, on you know, what, what the market is and, and will be. And that there is always a risk of not knowing that. I just, to me, it almost seems that it's a potential uh, an excuse that, that COVID is still here. And I think there is a point, if we're not there now, we're gonna be there soon where we are just in a new era. And it isn't, it isn't based on COVID. It, the world may have been changed by COVID, but it isn't this unknowable you know, pandemic that, that excuses all, uh, all missteps by boards. And, and maybe I think we're a little closer to that than you do. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, because I think that that would be a mistake. You know, directors and officers can only use their reasonable business judgment. And so long as they reasonably um, made a determination with respect to a forecast, I don't see how they could be liable for missing the boat. It's one thing if they didn't take the care and do the due diligence. And it's another thing if they did take the care and do the due diligence uh, to determine that the projection of their sales in, in a COVID world. I mean, the thing about COVID is that no one knew anything. And uh, it was really a let's see um, day by day, uh, including the you know, highest bureaucracy in the United States government and in the world governments. So to impose that duty on a director and officer, in my view, if again, if they had used care and uh, fully considered this issue, I think it would not be a fair, fair result. All right. Well, you know what, I, I, I kind of want to bring in this other case too, where we sort of talk, talk through this and that's um, 
a case that was recently filed, a shareholder putative class action in the District Court of Delaware just in May of 2022, uh, involving the company DocuSign, which is a software company many people are, are likely familiar with. It's sort of most known software that it has is, is electronic signature software, which uh, ends with legally binding e-signatures. And uh, as most people probably also know, it it had a huge spike in, in growth uh, during the pandemic when people were not coming together or finding notaries uh, to close business deals and, and get significant signatures. It had seen great growth. And then in December 2021, DocuSign announced that its fourth quarter revenues would be lower than anticipated. Uh, it also announced at that time in December 2021 that its 2022 earnings expectations were 50% lower than, than prior uh, analyst estimates. Part of the reason that the, the board stated for, for the poor growth is that the, the pandemic had dissipated faster than anticipated. Uh, the, the shareholders, following this announcement, though, the DocuSign's share price fell 42%. Uh, shareholders alleged that, that this constituted false and misleading statements because the board had not previously discussed the effect of COVID or its anticipated uh, dissipation, uh, that this constituted you know, misrepresentations uh, about the role of COVID, downplay of the impact of the, quote, return to normal, uh, and what it, the impact it would have on, on DocuSign's growth and its business. And so I think this kind of comes back, Stephanie, to this, this same question of, it's one thing to not understand the effect that the COVID, the pandemic will have and the shutdowns of businesses, but DocuSign knew someday, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you differ on this, that, that it's, it may not, people may be back in the office. Did their board have a responsibility to restrain its, its projections? Yeah, uh, John, I think this is very similar to the Honest case. And in fact, I think it's even better positioned because uh, there wasn't a $35 million dividend that was released by the board or authorized by the board. In this case, I believe that DocuSign had an absolute right to believe that they were cutting edge, progressive, and that DocuSign would maintain the level of its use and revenues because of the nature of the product. The product is such that provides convenience for the parties, saves time, saves money. People don't have to you know, go to a bank to get something signed and notarized. It's all done electronically, which is a huge development in terms of uh, any type of legal document. So in my view, I think that Again, so long as the board used due diligence, and in this case, I believe they actually hired experts to deal with an economic forecast, which again, puts it ahead of the honest case. I don't see how the board could be liable for its conduct of doing that. Uh, one, uh, again, this is a very progressive product that they had every reason to believe would be an outstanding product. And two, they hired an expert to deal with the economic forecast. So was it reasonable for the board to rely on an expert? I'm assuming that the expert was versed and vetted. And uh, the answer is yes, so long as that expert was someone who had the expertise and the proper qualifications in that area to issue an economic forecast, the board uh, could rely on that. You know, again, it's called economic forecast because even the expert 
herself or himself would be, you know, forecasting the future. And I don't see how there could be liability as a result, even though the forecast was dramatically different from the actual company results. No, I, and I, yeah, I, I certainly agree with you that, you know, it's using now outside experts, you know, provided that they're, they're well vetted is, is, is a good move by the board. I guess one of the things that seems problematic and, and looking at the, the complaint in this action, one thing that seems lacking is, is explanation and, and sort of clear causal relationships between the pandemic or the, the return to normal and the change in DocuSign's performance. I think to your point that it's a, it's a, it's a product uh, and, and it's, it's sort of found its place, I think across industries, there's a recognition that work from home or some sort of hybrid is here to stay. You know, there's no places in the complaint where they talk about or, or sort of give clarity as to whether it's due to competition from other products because of the success of this product, or, or maybe it's a temporary, a temporary depression in, in earnings as, as people sort of figure out whether they're gonna work from home or how that's gonna work. So I think from the plaintiff's side, there are some holes to, in terms of pointing and connecting the pandemic, the return to normal and, and, the, and the, falling, the failures of the company. However, I think on the other side, you know, one of the things that's a challenge for this board is even though they relied on, on outside experts for this forecasting, they did set benchmarks and, and miss them by 50%. And I think there is some explanation due there in terms of you know, whatever assumptions were used before, those, a lot of those assumptions are wrong. And I think that's something we've, we've seen for years, right? In terms of how do you make a credible complaint is to show, to show loss, to show internal benchmarking or external benchmarking and failures to meet those, um, you know, I think is why a reason that this one could, could move forward. I think though that, um, you know, when you're looking at those kinds of benchmarks, you have to uh, recognize, and, and again, I don't think you should completely remove yourself from best practices, which would be running a company in a very conservative way. And understanding that there are these issues that do come about as a result of this world pandemic in whatever stage it is. I mean, that should have been accounted for um, somewhat. Uh, but again, the fact that they went to experts um, to do this forecast, even though they missed the mark, I think in this case would insulate the board. Uh, I think this is a topic that we could agree and disagree on uh, only because they missed the mark by a lot. I mean, 50% is a lot. And I think that the real question now is adapting to the new normal. And that means a new market. And there should be considerations um, as a result of COVID in the marketplace. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think we, as I think I was sort of saying before, and it, think we maybe agreed on is that, you know, if we're not there now, at some point in the future, um, we're going to be in a, in a post-COVID world and, and we're going to be, you know, not talking about this, I think, in the same way. I don't know, again, if we're there now or we're there in six months or there's a spike in six months and we're, you know, we're back to where we were a year ago. Um, but this will, companies need to figure out how to adjust to this. I think some of the things from these cases that we saw the, using outside experts, I totally agree with you, is a way to, 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 for the board, as they always should be doing, if there's something that is 
beyond their their expertise to, to get experts and rely on their experts. I agree that they're entitled to do that. But I think, but at the same time, one of the challenges is when the board recognizes or tries to identify things that it is attributing to COVID, like the stockpiling in the, in the honest case, that it can, it can leave you with a space where, yes, you know, $3.7 million is, is, is attributable to a sort of COVID-related phenomenon, but what about the other 16 million? And, and therefore now you've got a whole of explanation. So I don't know if you've got any other- There's no doubt that best practices would be to identify what the fluctuations that are attributable attributable to COVID or other known unknowns. And again, uh, make sure that you get outside advisors who are true uh, professionals and experts in their field. Yeah, all right. I think we, we can agree there. <laughs> thank you so much to both Stephanie and John. And thank you for listening to this Plus podcast. Watch the Plus blog and the Plus Connect app for upcoming episodes of In the Boardroom with Resnick and Fuller. If you have ideas you would like considered for future podcasts, visit the Plus website and complete the Plus content idea form.